been, it's been a while since we sat down. Is it two weeks? Yeah, it's been two weeks. We've had a lot going on yeah. in our lives. Yeah. Well, how was Delhi? Delhi was cute. It was really nice to, like, be somewhere else. And be able to go out. Yeah, I mean, I think we're all just so used to being at home now. Yeah. So, like, that, I don't know. It was nice, but, like, you know. Also a little weird. I, I realize I get a little bit of anxiety when I'm around people now. I mean, I did. And I think I've just gotten to this point where I'm, like, like, ugh. It's just been so long, and you just want some normalcy, you know what I mean? Yeah, no. We're not there yet no. in Bombay. You're listening to Brown Girls Don't Cry with Arushi and Banya. Oh, yeah, what are we talking about? We're talking about being, being brown, brown girls. <laughs> the brown girls are talking about being brown girls, exactly. That is today's topic of conversation and kind of our inspiration a little bit behind the whole podcast yeah kind of I mean I think we started talking about our experiences outside of India like as Indians and then moving back and how things have been so different um for us and how we still feel out of place sometimes a little alien yeah yeah It's, it's interesting because we also moved to India at different times in our, like, points in our lives where I came, when did I come? I came, like, a while ago. But basically, I did some amount of school here and then went to Cody where I met you. Yes. And I feel like when I first moved back, it was such, it was such a big shift for me. I, I lived in Budapest all my life. I was born there and then... I was the Indian girl there, and then I came back, or didn't come back, but I moved here, and I became, like, the Hungarian girl, but oh, I'm not. Like specific. It, yeah, it was, it was, because, like, also, how many people do you meet that were born in Budapest, Hungary? So it really became, like, my identity that I was, like, the Hungarian girl with the American accent, and, like, it just, that was my label, and so I've always kind of been this tck kid yeah i mean my only experience in school in india was in cody for like that one, one year, year yeah. um and i was just yeah the dubai girl there was no other way around it it yeah. was just oh you're born in dubai raised in dubai like i was like yeah but i lived in singapore for three years yeah whatever yeah, you're dubai. a dubai girl you're yeah. a dubai girl that's it and then I think even, like, moving to the UK for uni and stuff afterwards, I was just, no one could place me. Yeah, same. Did, did you, you have that as well? I did, it, yeah. The whole time, people thought, you know, I got, like, all kinds of different um, guesses. A lot of people thought I was, like, South American. Oh, South American is, the, yeah, favorite. Yeah. Brazilian, number one, always. Oh, I was Brazilian, Mexican, Argentinian. Mm. yeah or Mexican yeah Mexican Brazilian were like top everyone and it was so New York is so um there's so much Spanish and people would just come up to me and start speaking to me in Spanish and I did Spanish in high school but it was not at the level of like giving an old lady directions to get somewhere so I would like try my best but I swear I must have sent a bunch of women to the wrong place because I really tried and tried to tap into that like Spanish SL life but don't think I did very well. Oh, no. Yeah, no. I got used to get a bit of, like, Arab as well in oh. the UK, which is weird because I don't think I look Arab. I don't think you do either. Um, I think my name necklace had something to do with it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, people look for, like, something to, like, how do, you, how do I place you? And um, also, like, Dubai, like, you know, it's quite an easy, like, you know, segue yeah. to, like, oh, are you Arab? Yeah, true. No. Yeah, and then, I mean, for you, you would probably always say that you're from Dubai. Yeah, I mean, because, like, so it was always a thing, I remember, when someone used to ask me where I'm from, and, like, the, my friends that knew me, they were like, oh, here we fucking go. <laughs> uh, yeah, so it was born and raised in Dubai, and then, but my passport country is India. Oh, my God, same spiel, like, literally, I have to... Because I, I, at some point, shifted from from just, like, 
even trying to now I just have like a little spiel that I give anyone who asks so I'm like I'm Indian but I was born in Budapest went to an American school that's where the accent comes from cover all the bases in like one line so nobody has any questions to ask oh yeah but like the questions still exist yeah yeah 100% then it goes into the more like intricate questions and you're like oh lord essentially you find a way to get everything covered as quickly as possible and the, the, yeah, but the shock factor was quite high in the U.S. People were always shocked when I said Indian. I mean, once I said it, I think people were like, oh, okay. But I, yeah. I think also in the U.K., there's such a, there's quite a large population of, like, British Asians. Mm. So when, so they don't really, consti- like, if I, they wouldn't necessarily think I wasn't Indian, but, like, they would ask, like, they would just think I was British anyway. If that makes oh, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so yeah. I never got caught in that middle. But then because my accent changes so much, I think that was the giveaway for them. It's like, oh, where's she from? Yeah, so for me, it was always like they, they assumed that like my parents were Indian and I grew up in the U.S. Yeah. And then that was always the clarification. Like, oh, you're first gen. No, no. that's not what I am. <laughs> there's more of that, I think. in, in the <laughs> there's, Yeah, there's a lot of it. They're more conscious of it. Yeah. You know, like I always like... If I used to get questioned, it was always like, oh, you must be like half and half or... Half and half was a big one, yeah. If you're Indian, you might must be half Indian, half mm. European or something. It was mm. like, there was never a way that I could be fully 100% Indian. Yeah. And then but what, why yeah. not? Like, you know what I mean? Like, is... Clearly, there's an image that they're, they have in their head that you're not fitting. But it's just so jarring, you know, at that point. And then when you come back to India, and then no one thinks you're Indian either. So you're just like, where do I belong? Yeah, like, it... I can't claim the country's nationality, that, like, where I was born, because it doesn't exist. Like, as in Dubai, the UAE doesn't give you right. that right if you were born there. I can't claim my national, my actual national identity because apparently I don't look Indian enough or I don't sound Indian enough mm. or I don't act Indian enough. But I can't claim the identity of wherever I'm living because I'm not from there. Yeah. So I think that's, I think a lot of TCKs go through that. Like, I agree. It, it's, it's, it's weird. It is weird because you kind of expect that, okay, once you come back to India, then all that will be gone. But then it, it comes more, it comes down to like how you sound and also well, your how, experience. Yeah. And your experiences. Our experiences are so different mm-hmm. to like people that were born, raised everything here to it. Unless you're like meeting a similar crowd, yeah. you know, you can all like, there's so many points where people are like oh my god like that's crazy you did that and I was like is it like it's so normal to me yeah but yeah no I know I get like your mannerisms are very like white girl and I'm like what does that mean what? people have said that to me and I'm just like I don't understand what that means <laughs> what I don't know oh, I still never understood it and I honestly don't even like I don't even get into it because I'm like I don't think that you have a valid reasoning for saying this other than my, like, how I sound. And you're just, like, putting that on me. Sorry, I'm shook by that. Yes. Someone actually said that. Multiple people have said this to me. Multiple. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what that means. My mannerisms are my mannerisms. They are just who I am. But, okay, whatever makes you comfortable. I mean, this kind of reminds me of that whole thing that's going on right now with Love Island, with that um, brown girl. That oh, yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah, where, like, one of the contestants, obviously brown mm-hmm. or, like, British Asian or whatever. Um, and there was a bunch of, like, other British Asians, like, in the community who were like, oh, she doesn't represent who I am as a brown girl. And it was like, is she supposed to? Like... Just because she's on Love Island, which is fair enough. It's like reality Mm -hmm. TV. It's a bit trashy. Like, we all know what we're getting into with Love Island. Like, you go, girl. Like, go do your thing. Like, you're going to get popular. Like, you're getting big bucks for it. Whatever you are getting for it, if it's something you fancy doing, go for it. But why does the entire, like, reputation of, like, being a brown girl or, like, being brown now fall onto her shoulders like that that 
there were people that were saying that she should take, like, sing out, like, her last name shouldn't be sing anymore because she's bringing, um, what's it called, like, shame to the Sikh community. Because she's on Love Island. Because she's on Love Island and she's, like, I guess wearing bikinis all day and she's confident <clears throat> in how she is. That's really, that's... that's absolute bullshit dude yeah like, that's so stupid i mean i feel like that's kind of like a grass is always greener kind of thing because like if you don't see anyone who's your who's yeah. kind of representing even similar to what you are then it's like oh you know we don't get representation I mean, we have this conversation all the time where like we literally can have like we can count you know on our fingers how many people we yeah. that represent us even like that disney show that you were talking about like oh, that new that, one! Yeah. Oh, yeah. When we were when we were doing our research for this uh, episode, I I was we talked about are there any Indian Disney princesses, and obviously there is not one single Indian Disney princess. But last year, Disney Junior came out with a show called Mira Royal Detective. Yeah. It's like an animated show. Literally, I think every Indian or brown actor that we talk about is voicing a character on that show cal pen jamila frida pinto um sarayu blue like all these all the all the major ones that you can think of at the top of yeah they're all in that one show how many indian people exist in this world it's crazy sorry aren't we like one seventh of the entire world's population something like that um and there's still like a fucking handful of just a handful just keep getting all the roles all this stuff it's crazy which is why i think i don't know if we've talked about this before but i really liked what mindy did with never have i ever oh yeah her casting thing she cast from just general people it was an open casting call yeah. and the main girl is just this normal kid from canada who got picked to be the main girl in a netflix show which is so cool but at the end of the day that was one and then i think the rest of the characters were again popular gen- relatively popular indian <clears throat> actors but i guess you need that to kind of yeah when you're making a show for netflix yeah although netflix is quite good for um like picking relatively unknown people for some of their like a lot of their shows have brought up a lot of new kind of upcoming actors not that they don't have their star studded things as no, well you've got to have a bit of yeah. both so but they have been good for that um yeah, I. <laughs> they just started this animated show for Disney Junior, which, honestly, as a kid, I think, considering it's meant for, like, that really small, you know, like, whatever, five to eight, nine-year-old group, I think it's great. Like, it's quite cute. Like, and they're teaching them about, like, Diwali and, like, what that means and stuff. Speaking of Diwali, oh, my God, this fucking new Bravo show called Family Karma that also started last year... Oh, no. I don't know what's going on, but they keep airing episodes in, like, March and May and, and June, and then they're celebrating Diwali, and I'm like, what is going on here? Why is why is Diwali at any point in the year? Did they just release it? So late. But it's a reality show. Yeah, isn't it supposed to, isn't reality supposed to be, like, almost... I mean, you'd think so. Almost at the same time? Or, like, relative... That's, like, six, so. seven months later. <laughs> I don't know. I was, I, just, I was so confused by it because it said release date, like, June 2nd, and then they were celebrating Diwali, and I was like, I don't understand what's happening here. But I'm not that I've seen the show, but... Maybe we should watch of, an episode. It's Yeah, it's a, it's a reality show about a bunch of Indians living in Miami, Florida. So, so whatever random. you can expect from that take what you will from it but the things you come across but I mean I guess it's it's interesting because a lot of these things that we're naming are very recent like all three of the shows that I just named never have I ever this new Disney one and family karma all all came up in 2020 yeah so definitely seeing more representation in whatever there is more like there you know I think because of the backlash that I think the industry has got on the whole of like not having diversity and not, you know, showing like real faces and, you know, whatever. There's also been a lot of like new or like um, even like Chinese Asian and like, you know, stuff that's come up. Like, um, what was that movie? The really big one. Oh my God. Oh, Parasite? 
Well, Parasite was one of them. There was another one with Aquafina, which was really good, which is also like Oscar nominated, I think. Crazy Rich um, Asians? No, I, Crazy Rich Asians and another one that Aquafina was like leading. She had a lead role. Yes. The one about her grandma. I uh, don't remember the name of it. I don't remember it. the name. Yeah. I don't remember. But again, you see the same faces. Yeah, yeah. Aquafina. It's like constant. Huge right now. Yeah. Aquafina. Yeah. Um, it's the same people. I love Constance Wu though. No, I absolutely adore. But you're right. It's like it's it, it's always like you can list them on one hand. You know, there's not many. And the thing that I find is that still, which kind of come back comes back to that whole like, are we do we feel represented? We kind of fall in that TCK category. And for anyone that doesn't know, TCK is third culture kids. So there's not really anything that kind of reflects that experience. It's a lot like, I feel like all the things that we're watching, like Never Have I Ever, it's the immigrant experience. Yes. It's the immigrant experience, which, which now, but also like, we're not that. No, like, we're not. Like, we're still Indian passport holders. Yeah, we're Indians. Still Indian, as Indian can get, you know, at that at that very core base level. Mm -hmm. But content wise, can't find anything that relates to us yeah. in that way. Um, I guess we are on the grander scheme of things, quite a small minority of people. Um, yeah. When you look at, like, the grander scale, you know... I'm just thinking about, like, all the all our international schools. There were so many kids, so how, like, how small can and it And a be? lot of them were brown. And a lot of them were brown, yeah. And a lot of them... Yeah, I mean, I say that, I think, just to kind of... I know, I know what you mean. I mean like, but, like, at the same time, like, when you, like when you look at the amount of people that, like... Um, like the amount of Indians that moved to Dubai in like the 80s and stuff, like my parents, um, and all of them settled down in Dubai, all of them had kids in Dubai, all of their kids, you know, went to school in Dubai, but they're all, well, majority of them on a, like, you know, passport country is still India. Mm -hmm. um, unless like, you know, their parents went to the States, had them and came back, literally, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, right? No, so their lived experience is like not... American at right, all right. so I would still to a certain degree constitute them in the same boat as me because they're still very like contemporary modern Indians right they're not like immigrant Indian families right right lived the American experience um Dubai is still a very like Indian societies in Dubai mm -hmm. are quite big in a very contemporary way right because we've also had that conversation of like when you meet families like second gen or first gen where like the parents moved to the UK or the US I think that's very prevalent in the UK US especially right. yeah. yeah so where the parents have moved there and then their children were born there and adapted like UK culture obviously or US culture obviously have the passport went to like school there um their understanding of like India um, on the whole, it's just so different to, like, it's, our understanding. It's whatever whatever they left with, that's generally what they think India is. Yeah, yeah so they're, like, Whereas stuck in a time warp in, almost. Yeah. So that's what happened when, when we talk about college. Like, for me, when I went and, you know, started to get to know people and whatever you do when you go to a new place, it was very hard for me to kind of find a connection with that Indian oh, crowd, especially I, the immigrant Indian. I honestly thought that those are the people I would get along the most. Same. I honestly thought that that I would have, like, I would make so many friends who were, like, British Asians mm -hmm. and whatever. But when I went to um, uni and, like, I started, like, you know, sussing people out and, like, figuring things out, um those are the people that I just didn't even know how to connect with. Like, yeah. I could connect with a, like, white British person so much more, weirdly. Not weirdly, but, you know, in that I mean, it's just way. an expectation you have in your head, right? Like, it just, we have common factors, so it should essentially, there should be a connection point. But, like, cultural, fa like, factors which are similar, right? Yeah. Like, you would think that a British Asian or an American Indian would like um, would would 
have those cultural Indian factors mm. which you were like, oh yeah, I did that or oh, did you also like not get this or not, you know what I mean? Mm. Because although we like celebrated Indian culture and we've like, we've done Diwali, we've done Rocky, we've done like, you know, all these festivals, we've come to India a lot, like we're quite connected to the place. We still lived outside and we still have very like, different experiences to like yeah I mean I think because when you're like the best example is like experiencing something like Diwali in India is very different from experiencing it in any other like we definitely did things you know but it was more like my mom threw a party at home she'd always like do her little rangoli and everything and we had like this whole um Indian kind of organization that she was very major in so they would do like a party but it's it's very different. It's yeah. just like this, um, it's you that's creating the atmosphere versus in India, the atmosphere is around you. Yeah. It's like, it's everywhere. When Diwali's coming, you know Diwali's oh, yeah. coming. So there's, yeah, there's that like, we grew up kind of creating that experience for ourselves, which these immigrant families have tried to kind of keep but some... in a really... In a very, I think, just in a really deeply traditional way that doesn't necessarily resonate with us. us who have actually lived here and seen how India has progressed. Even before moving here, like we've celebrated Diwali here, we've, like, we've been here for like Ganpati and you know all those, all the big ones. Like we have been in India for those things even before we like yeah. lived here. So we've seen it, but. It was just really different being in the UK. Like, it yeah. was just, I mean, I'm sure it was the same in, in the States. Yeah, well. I feel like just when you... We had to create that, we had to create those moments as well, but it was still very different. Like, okay, like in London, for example, Trafalgar Square usually does like a Diwali thing, mm-hmm. right? So you have like your like food stalls, there's a stage and there's like, you know, people that go and do like they the traditional like dances and stuff like you can watch all of that I did that a couple of times with um, you know a friend or two and that would always make you feel good because you were yeah, like oh I my god I'm around people it's like the one time you actually want to be around, want to be around yeah, everyone I, I mean these big cities New York London there's such melting pots you can definitely find your yeah. thing but I think what was more jarring for me was like like the home aspect of a lot of people so like they were like oh yeah my parents you know they won't let me drink and they won't let me like stay out past midnight and like I can't like I can't talk about like girls or boys or whatever and yeah I was like these are I can't relate to this Mm -hmm. I'm I'm, like I'm super open with my parents I smoke cigarettes with my parents like I don't know what you're talking about I felt like whenever they would talk about their home life and stuff it was very traditional and like just not what I had been exposed to at all in terms of whether it be my family or even like all of our friends you know we're very we have very open open. homes and we all know each other's parents and they're okay with us like drinking and going out and being at each other's houses and it it was just it was very jarring for me because it felt like almost like what my what our parents grew up in is the kind of thing that the people that our age were growing up in. And I was like, I don't, I haven't experienced any of this. My parents never really put like limitations on me like that. Obviously be responsible, but very much like allow us to live our own lives and do what we want and understand that we're kind of growing up into adults. So we got to experience all that for ourselves without having to hide it. And yeah, no, I do get what what you're saying. But I mean, I guess that's been the constant like, um, reiteration of like brown culture through like media as well has just been like oh like they can't do this they can't do that you know yeah really like structured uh um strict households yeah which is not what any of us experience the art film that i watched it's on netflix yes um it's called what will people say Mm -hmm. and it's basically a norwegian movie so it's a pakistani family that lives in oslo um, so the, the the kids are obviously Norwegian. Um, the parents moved from Pakistan to Norway, I guess, for their, their dad's work. And um, the story basically follows this girl and how she is just growing up as a normal, like, European girl. But 
she comes home to like a very different you know atmosphere mm. and like that pressure of like not um disappointing the family and like not poking fun or you know testing the family values mm. um that that was kind of the entire storyline you know she goes through some whack shit which like i was speaking to my mom about this and mom was like yeah you know there are a lot of um families um i mean she's seen it more obviously in like pakistani households and um uh where i guess also you have the whole aspect of religion um and mom was saying yeah she's like there have been stories of like you know people that have like been sent back to pakistan or sent to pakistan to live with extended family mm-hmm. um when you know the smallest thing went wrong yeah i mean i think never have i ever which keeps coming up because it is one of the first shows to kind of shine a light yeah. on um the whole like immigrant but indian experience kind of thing I think that at the end of season one, that's basically what they had decided to do as well, because this, yeah, because the girl and her mom, they lost, she lost her dad, and they were just struggling, and so the family in India was like, come back here, and she was kind of, they felt like she was kind of going crazy or whatever, like, she just was losing her. Yeah, they hinted at that. Yeah, so they were like, you should move back to India, and I think what's, the, the new season is coming out, and I'm pretty sure they're kind of dealing with that whole thing now. I don't see it happening in terms of, like, story, but it's definitely, it's, I think it's thrown out there a lot, and I, I, I know people in real life who have always suggested this, but it's so... But I mean, you know what? It's really funny, okay? It's, it's really interesting. Mm. I've actually just caught this, so bear with. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but, like, for example, when I uh, obviously had to leave the UK because I wasn't getting a job, visa was ending, la, 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 mm-hmm. right? Um, I mean, I was lucky enough to have two options. I could have gone back to Dubai to be with dad, or I could come to Bombay and be with mom, right? And I think, like, I really, really struggled with this decision because to a certain extent, Dubai wasn't really somewhere that I saw myself being at all. Like, I'd been there, done that kind of thing. Right, right. Grew up there. Not, like, I've never really felt on a level with that place. Like. Mm -hmm. Obviously, having moved a lot, I can vibe pretty much anywhere. But there was something that just wasn't clicking for me in Dubai. Um, And so, obviously, the other option was India. Not that there would have been anything bad about coming to Bombay and living with mum. Because, I mean, mum and I, for the most part, get along. You know, she doesn't... Like, we don't have a very straining relationship in that way. Like you said, she's quite open and, like, happy to have people over. Like, we drink together. We, like, you know, we do have a very good relationship mm-hmm. as mom and daughter. But in that same breath, I was so nervous. And I think that it stems back to, like, what we see and what we hear about, like, moving to India. And this whole, like you know, shitstorm that occurs if you move back to India, like, you know, you're not going to get this, you're not going to get that, you're not going to, like, will you ever leave? Will you have the opportunity to do this? Will you, like, what, all these, like, anyways, life is so full of, like, what ifs and unknowns and, you know, you don't know, right? Um, And actually, it was another friend of mine who, like, she's like, just go. Like, no one's saying you're going to get stuck. No one's going to say that you have to be there forever. But right now, you you know as well as I do, as well as anyone else knows, that that's the best place for you to be. It will, like, it'll give you a bit of stability. You'll be at home. You already said you had, like, friends there. Fine, you have to reconnect with them. That's life. You're fine. And like I clearly, yeah, clearly. <laughs> I mean, I'm fine. Just for the record, it all worked out. We're grand, like <laughs> ten out of ten. Just so you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. But I had that whole. I went through that whole process as well, right? Mm-hmm. Because all you hear is traumatizing experiences, or like just adults, I guess to a certain extent, who are meant to know better or have more experience. But it's, al- it's always the people who are not in India that, that are happens. telling you yeah, these exactly, things. Exactly. And it's just this uh, 
this is also it, it's so weird but like they when you're an expat you have this there's this expectation that's put on you of like you're going to stay like figure out where figure out a country to go live in even if no country is taking you go find a fucking country it's not that easy it's, it's not, not that, that simple it's not and and again i think this is from that like concept of in the 80s 70s 80s whatever not even 90s it was a little bit easier it was I still literally say this all the but time they're living in this concept and i'm like it doesn't work like that anymore no. it's not that way and i mean globalization has been pulled back so much over the last like five, six years i want to say since we went to uni because i know that was a huge turning point i think for a lot of um us like indians who were like going to uni abroad and all of that i know in the uk 2013 is when they stopped their graduate visas mm-hmm. um obviously they've started it again recently mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. 2013 is when they stopped those um and they were kind of pulling back on immigration and you know people moving in and um and you know since then i think we've been in a shitstorm i'm sure there was stuff in the us as well yeah ton and we've been going through this freaking like shitstorm of life which is like our parents telling us no you can be anywhere the world is your oyster <laughs> and i'm like um that phrase is from the 80s like yeah. literally <laughs> i was like where am i meant to go like i don't even know how to go about this like i'm trying so hard yeah. but unless something comes my way like yeah. you know there are people out there that are like willing to drop their jobs as like you know like like proper like director level like you know doing really well over here to go and be like taxi drivers in Canada just to move across the world Do you know what i mean that's insane. oh maybe we'll that's get a better life there yeah. and i was like that's a bit much but like i get like okay i know that happened in like the 80s mm. 70s earlier where in like 2021 today like you know what i mean yeah. like we are like 30 years past that why is that still a way of thought like why would you drop your decorated career here why can't you why would you why why isn't it that you could just get the same job or a similar job over there if you if you wanted to move why wouldn't you be looking for that why is it that oh I'll leave this job here like corporate life isn't for me la 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 whatever to then go be like a taxi driver. I'm not even saying that don't drive a car. Like sure. Like if you want to go and like I mean, you know, every teach their own to if you if you really think that that's the way to go, but I just know, think like, it's a really large price to pay for that. I, I but just, you can get a lot of that like it's big cities across the world mm. are on par with each other yeah. to like for most things every city has its own charm right yeah. so fair enough you know you don't like san francisco you like london cool it's still big city on big city mumbai delhi new york you know yeah. like i don't know singapore dubai manila bangkok like literally any capital city metropolitan life. city in the entire world is has similar things mm-hmm. right you're going to find the same things similar lifestyle yeah but yes okay each one has their own like thing each one is slightly different that's that's culture and that's just yeah, how it is yeah. but why is it that you have to move to fucking like toronto and like give up your office job or whatever whatever to settle for something so much less just because oh I'm in the west like it really bothers me yeah there's you know just I mean? a lot of a lot of um kind of pressure put on it and just this just like it's better you know it it just has to be better yeah. west is best west is best <laughs> literally always that's just the, it's the general thought process and it's it's fed into you especially now, yeah yeah it's like it's there and you have to like check yourself and be like no that's it don't think like that but it's just been told to you your whole life yeah and you're going to move you're like, going to live on this side of the world it's just, yeah and it's it was it's so expected like,
when I was you know when I decided not to stay and I was just like what's the point like with the whole the, co the concept in the U.S. is when you go to college then you get a year right. on your visa to work there the thing is that companies know that after that year is over they're not going to sponsor you so you get really shit jobs it's like not enough to pay rent what's the point that's like losing a year of my life of my career just to be there and get what experience nothing really because you're giving me like i'll get a better better job here i'll be able to save more money because i'll be at home i'll progress way further in my career especially in what i'm doing because if you come back to india and say i worked with like this production house in new york they're like we don't care that doesn't make any difference to us like they care more about okay you studied there you have that that they put a lot of like importance on but they really don't care if you did an internship at some random studio. It makes no difference to their lives. They want to know, like, what actual work you've been doing. Whereas when I came back here immediately, like, within a couple months, I was on a set. I was doing important, more important work than I would have been doing there. And actually saving money because I was living at home and not paying, not yeah. all of it wasn't going to rent and ex Life. existing <laughs> in a big city. And so that was my, that was my entire thing, like, I don't see the point. I don't think that it's, I don't find that my life is so much better here that it's worth that. Yeah, no. I mean, yeah, we've all done this. Yeah. Like, I struggled and went through that whole process as well. Um, probably spent more time doing it than you did mm. um, on the whole. Yeah, no, um, I think I went for about six months and then I was like, no, not for me. I'm gonna. See, I think, well, I just, I found that, um, the six-month thing in Singapore, so, and that was towards the end of my first, like, my undergraduate degree, and when that visa ended, I kind of went straight to Singapore mm -hmm. almost, um, and so my mind was busy, mm -hmm. so I don't even think I had time to, like, process anything. Yeah, I was yeah. like, okay, I'm in another big city, and I'm adjusting, and I think by the time I adjusted there, it was time to leave. Right. Um, you, were, you were working in Singapore? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was working in Singapore for six months. It was like, so, you know, like, work holiday visas? Right. Most countries um, don't allow Indians um, to come in on work holiday visas as well. Mm -hmm. Whatever. Um, no, because we're notorious for trying to immigrate. No, I know, I know. But Singapore, right, does their work holiday passes based on where you've been educated mm. they don't do it based on your passport country yeah. which is something i really really honestly think that countries need to look into because yeah i agree you're you're picking up on like okay you if you're so they have a list of universities across ev like all over the world right mm -hmm. and they're like if your university is on this list or from this like in this country then you can apply for this visa so obviously, like, the UK, the US, like, all your normal places are on there. Um, but that means that you're not putting that much importance on someone's passport country. Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. what I always say is also that, like, yes, India is a huge country. Yes, we have a billion people here. But, like, majority of that country, of our country, cannot move on a work holiday pass. Like, no, they, yeah. they cannot come based on that visa structure because they're not even educated to that point like so i don't know like and obviously if someone applies for it you can freaking reject it like you've yeah. done it before yeah. so i think that like the way that singapore goes about their work holiday pass is so much better mm. um which is why i, I actually didn't know they did that that's so i mean i didn't know until obviously i was i got that opportunity and we were basically trying to figure out how like what the visa situation right, was right um because for me to go in on a work visa again singapore has become quite tight on it immigration has, it has, yeah. so they were like let's see how can we kind of go about this yeah. and we found this work holiday pass which is like soup i like one of my friends came there they came to singapore on my recommendation to get a work holiday pass and she's still there it's been two years oh wow is this the one that works with charles and keith no, no, I used to work. Oh. <laughs> Oops. That was me. 
Well, good for her. That's awesome. I mean, and a lot of time it does work out that way. Uh, and I think but she that's... also tried really hard. Like, let me just tell you, like, it wasn't easy. No, yeah. Um, like, she went through a hell and back. It is so draining and it is so much. It, it does take so much out of you. And so much of that, I think, comes from that expectation that we're talking about. Coming back and for me, like, the whole... Because you're there and they're saying, oh, you're not a citizen, you don't have a thing, so we can't give you a job. And then you come here and it's very weird because, again, it was kind of like I wasn't Indian enough for certain things. Yeah, like you're not going to understand this, you're not going to... I mean, this is even now and I've been back for two years now. I literally had a job interview and I told you about this (laughs) two weeks ago and the guy we were, he basically wanted to know what I what I was kind of doing on my last job on my last shoot job and I was explaining to him like the director was an American guy so I was doing a lot of his communication for him for all the departments like liaison right. and because he didn't speak Hindi and I was like he didn't speak Hindi so you know I was communicating for him a lot and he just like smiled like it was this very like uncomfortable smile like a knowing smile of, and he was like do you speak Hindi and I was like I literally have sat here for 10 minutes explaining to you that my job was to communicate for him. And so, I mean, I didn't say it in that many words, but basically I was like, what did I say? I was quite proud of myself because also I was very like, I was like kind of shaking because I was like, oh my God, you're going to stand up for yourself right now because, um, oh yeah, I was like, is that, are you asking me that because of my accent? Because, yes, I have lived in India for many years, as you can see from my resume that is in front of you. And also, I, as I explained, I was communicating for him in Hindi. Yes, I do speak Hindi. And he kind of just was like, oh, okay, okay. Like, he, he didn't know what to do. Because I was just, I was very, like, firm, but also I've tried to be nice. firm and professional and, like, yeah. nice about it. But, like, at the same time, like, why would you ask me that? I'm, I'm sitting here... And I told this story to Sid, and he was like, yes, the podcast. It's the podcast. It's done. Like, look what it's done. And I was like, oh, that's so true, actually. Like, it, it just, like, it did kind of come from this. Like, we're talking about it so much, and I just felt like I'm talking about it on the podcast. I need go. to, like, I need to apply it in my life. Because I know in, I know, like, a year ago, if that happened to me, I would have just, like, giggled and been like, hi, yeah, yeah, I do, I do. Like, oh, I would yeah, have pacified the situation. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I would have pacified the situation. I would have totally, like, not stood up for myself. And I was like, I'm sitting here and explaining this to you. And you're still asking me that question. And it's just because of how I sound or how I look or, you know, I, I lived in, I told him my whole background. Why? That's so bad. But Why? you got the job, huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, surely it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I mean, I really did try to be as professional about it as I did, but I was very firm. And I think maybe maybe that was a good thing that I was. Maybe that helped me get the job because I didn't, like, I wasn't just like, oh, yeah. Go me and go our podcast. Yes. And yay. I was happy about it. But the whole experience itself is, it still happens. And it's so jarring. And you're just... Never, you're never given credit for like just being brown or Indian. I guess like there is clout and stuff that comes with like sounding the way that we do. There is. Like, but then in that it's like you're trying to remove me, remove that Indian aspect of who I am. Like you don't want to see me as like an Indian person in that same way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose someone who probably had the same credentials as you but didn't sound like you they would be like you're probably not the right person for the job for this job exactly so yeah there is there is a certain clout that comes with it and I think in a lot of these things we are very privileged to have had the experiences that we have but it's just we talk about navigating all of it and it's just very it's really confusing and it just feels like Oh, where do I, where do I go? You're like, you're almost like trying to find a pocket to fit in and none of them like fit right, you know? Like we don't, like this is the other thing, right? We don't actually need to like fit into anything. No. But it's like people keep trying to put, put us in yeah. a box. Yeah. And like, I mean, we get this even like recent, when I was in Pondicherry for Christmas, 
we went wanted to go something as small as like we were going to the botanical gardens right okay and the at the front like they were like you know obviously like the prices to go in are different if you're a tourist you pay slightly more not that we couldn't have paid the hundred rupees or whatever or you know it wasn't even like that much but it's the principle of it the guy was just literally standing there being like you're not Indian I was like I have an Indian passport I showed him my passport and he's like that doesn't count I was like, that's an official government document. Like, what do you mean? The he's most like, official government he's document. Like, no, if you don't have an Aadhaar card, then it doesn't count. And I was like, dude, I moved here two months ago. I don't have, like, I'm in the process of getting my card, but I don't have it yet. I have an Indian passport, though. Like, what do you want me to say? He's like, no, it doesn't count. So at that point, like, the principle of it, I was like, absolutely no. That's crazy. Wow. That's that's weird though i wow i've never i've never heard of anyone rejecting an indian passport dude i mean as like an official document we walked around pondicherry everyone thought we were french (laughs) yeah i mean even the way that people approach you i think like as soon as someone hears a speak or just notices that maybe we have that like I mean, the thing is that over here, like in India, no one doubts that you're Indian. No. Right? So you are Indian. Yeah. Right? In other places, people never think you're Indian. Yeah. Over here, no one necessarily doubts that you're Indian. But like even like your interactions with taxi drivers and everything is just like, oh, they try to speak English with you. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah, I know. That's so funny. Um. Or, like, they want to ask you about your, like, you know, where, where you've from, lived. And where you, you know. live, yeah. And it's like... I do have a couple Uber drivers who didn't believe that I was Indian, which was always so funny, because I was like, no, 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 I'm Indian. Yeah, I mean, that happens. Like, no one thinks mom's ever Indian. Yeah. And you're like, bro, just yeah. get over it now. I know. But at, at the same time, like, I think there's... It's, there's this kind of thing that I've noticed some people will, like change the way they speak a little to you or like try and match your yeah, I don't think I've been out enough to like it's know very it funny out. I mean no like I get it I think it would happen in any situation but I don't see myself as that like I'm like we're the same right we both live in Bombay we're both from here like we're the same but suddenly it's like I, I notice a kind of shift in the in the way that they're talking to me and the way that they're like the things that they try to talk to you about are more like America centric, and I'm like, okay, I went to college there, but I don't really like. I don't know America. Yeah, <laughs> it's not like I don't have any like, um, what's it called? Like, there's no loyalty there. No, like, it's not. I'm Indian, so it's very interesting to see how people interact with you and kind of, um, but in a job aspect for sure, they somehow put you on a little bit of a pedestal, and not in the right way either. Yeah. It's like, it's not helping you. It's just putting you in, in, again, in a box and saying, oh, okay, you sound like this, so you can help us with this. And, and it just it doesn't, that's not what I do, though. Yeah, but, oh, yeah, like, the expectations are just so different, mm. right? Because you're not from here, mm-hmm. as per usual. I mean, my cousin tells me all the time, she's like, you're the Farang child in the family. Yeah. So, like... You I'm can do too. whatever you want. And I was like, that's not true. Like, we all know that. My whole family true, says that like, to me, too. She's literally just, you know. The funniest is on our, like, group chats and stuff, if they ever say a Hindi word, someone will always, before I can, like, sometimes I don't know the word. I will yeah. be honest. Sometimes I don't know the word. But before I can even ask, someone will send the English translation and be like, for you, Manya. <laughs> I don't know whether to be offended or grateful no, because, you like, be grateful for yeah, that. just I mean, be like, thank you. Yeah. yeah, but sometimes it's a really simple word, and I'm like, no, no, I know that. Like, I'm not that bad. You should do it back. I should do it you back. Should do it back. I should do it back. But, but it it took me a long time to get comfortable speaking Hindi in front of people. Oh my god, same. Oh, it, it was, was such a it was such a like. I wouldn't in front of friends, in front of anyone. I wouldn't speak Hindi because obviously the accent does add a little bit of like a twang to the way that you're speaking. I didn't know that I didn't learn Hindi formally. Yeah, no, neither. It, it was all like you know, yeah. speak just taxi drivers, maids, whatever. Um, the shopkeeper 
you in and you ha in the house yeah like whoever whoever you have to communicate drivers whatever so you kind of pick it up but I didn't know the like um, male and female differences and like so I would start I would yeah, use like, like male things, things for myself it's so, so confusing um, and I would just say things framed wrong and so I got very embarrassed for the longest time now I'm like oh my god whatever if I say it wrong I say it wrong correct me and I'll remember it um, and I do also make more of a concerted effort to, like, find out or if I'm corrected, then, like, remind myself. Yeah, no, correct. of course. Like, so now, I mean, I was, I was just in Delhi, right? And, um, like, my friend that I was staying with, she's British, so, like, she doesn't know Hindi mm -hmm. or anything. And I think, like, Delhi is quite, uh, like, they speak a lot more Hindi. You know what I mean? Like, over yeah. here, you can get away with... It's a lot of English with, here. It's a lot of Hinglish or English. Like, you can get away with... Bombay specifically, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You can get away with, you know, your broken Hindi or whatever. Yes, yes. You but in, really can. But in Delhi, you can't. Like, you, you can't. Not to the extent that you can over here. Because they are just a lot more traditional and that like you know like they they do speak like proper that that, that should in the yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so you know getting in like ubers and stuff like obviously like my friend gets around like it's not like she doesn't but with me being there like i was able to guide uber drivers here there wherever like answer the phone for her so, so that happy. she doesn't have to deal with all of that and i remember her and her her friend who lives with her um, they were both like, Arisha, can you just stay? Because, like, you just make life Or are they so both much... Are they both yeah. British? Okay. She's like, can you just stay here? Because you can just make life so much easier. <laughs> and I was like, what, with my shitty broken Hindi? Like, sure. No, to be sure. fair, even now, if I'm, like, around, like, Sid or someone who I know, like, I'll give it, I'll give the phone to them to, like, explain to, to like, a Zomato guy where to come. Because it's just, I they just understand do it, it better. But, like, you're, no, I will. It. I will do it. You know what I mean? Like, I did that just yesterday. I, you know, passed the phone to someone to, like, speak to the Uber driver. I was like, I want to deal with it. There are times yeah. where you're just like, oh, I don't want to repeat myself four or five times. I will definitely say my Hindi is not the best, but I speak it. I get around. I can communicate. Yeah, I can, can work. get around. And you know I what? I can do that's, everything. That's what matters, though. Yeah, yeah. Nobody ever has a, a, like, hard time understanding me. No. Unless it's, like, one random guy and I don't, like, maybe I'm missing a word or something. It's very random. But, you know, I get really flustered. Like, if I get flustered, like, if I get angry and then I need to speak in Hindi to someone, it's I... Hard. It's so difficult. It's, cause, it's like, hard. Because, like, my brain just wants to speak all the shit in English. Like, I don't want to. So, this yesterday when that fucking Dunzo guy dropped my eggs... I was so pissed off, but I just kept repeating the same line because I was like, oh, I have so much anger, but I don't know what to say because it's just like, so I just kept saying, like, I told you not to do it. Like, I just kept saying that in Hindi. And oh my God, it was, yeah, jeez. That guy really remember? made my blood boil. Do you remember in Parent Trap huh? when, like, um, like Annie like goes to California to live with her yeah. dad and then she gets really angry and she like rides home on her on the horse and then comes back and starts speaking French yes because she's like so flustered yes and I remember angry, that she just goes off in French that's what it feels like yes you know what I mean this bilingual life's a little little tough dude do you ever have it where like you are trying to think of a word in like one language and then you think of it in every other language, but the language you want to... Yeah, it, it definitely happens like, quite more often than I Like, I'll be thinking of a word, like, in... Like, I need to think of it in Hindi, or, like, what what is the word in Hindi, and I'll remember what it is in French. That happens to me a lot with Spanish. And I'm, I'm like, like, dude... I'm so in awe of, like, people that, like, speak three, four languages and fluently, like, oh, each one, and can, like, so shift from one to the other. I'm like, wow, I don't know how you do that. My brain would be, like... A muddled mess if I even attempted it it's amazing but the it took me a long time to get over that embarrassment of speaking Hindi in front of people yeah it was it was tough it but was. like it's crazy because like like people not Indian people like don't really care in their broken language or whatever they'll say whatever they want so why do we feel like we can't so be embarrassed. In I don't like, know. You know what I, mean? I was so embarrassed. It's so, so weird. And I should, I mean, like, really shouldn't have been because 
I had zero formal training. I still can't, I can't read. I can't read and write. I neither can Yeah, I. I can't read and write, but I can speak and I can get around. And what you said about Bombay versus Delhi, I do, people do say Bombay Hindi. It's a very specific type of Hindi. Even if you go to like Pune, they'll be like, you guys, the, the Hindi in Bombay is something else entirely. You said something very interesting about... Did I? Yes, you did! <laughs> about um, when, which we kind of talked about earlier, which is when we're, when we were in the, in the US or the UK or somewhere, people honestly had a hard time even believing that we were Indian, whereas here we don't have that so much. And I think that partly has to do with our skin color. We're not necessarily, like I think in the, in the West, they tend to look for like darker skin. Yes. And so I had a really interesting conversation with someone a while ago mm. and they were like, why is it that, you know, um, the actresses and actors in Hollywood that make it as, you know, uh, South Asian, like, like they're part of the South Asian community and then they make it big in Hollywood. Why is it that they're all like of a certain skin color or darker? Yeah, I've noticed that too. There's very few fair. It's because, like, in Hollywood, then they wouldn't be processed as South Right, it w- it, which has happened. We've seen that with, like, the few that we have seen, like Hannah Simone, who plays TC in New Girl. Yeah. She's quite fair. I think she's mixed. Is she mixed? I think she's mixed. She's mixed. But essentially, they made her an Indian character in the show, but only kind of touched upon a little bit later. I think at the early parts of the show, you didn't, you couldn't place her. Yeah. And there was no sort of mention of it. I think another one was... Um... Oh, yeah. There's this really random show in the UK called Some Girls. Mm. Um, it was a really short show on BBC. It was a really good show. You should watch it. This guy, he was basically at the love interest of one of the main, mm. uh, the main characters. Um, and he, like the actor himself, Jasu Aluwalia, mm-hmm. like Sikh, British Indian, mm-hmm. like like in Indian you know but you could would not be able to tell that he was like South Asian Mm -hmm. or part of that community because he's really fair um you know what I mean yeah like he could have been anything did did they let him just pass so yeah he was he didn't have that much of like a character development like Mm -hmm. go into his family and stuff so you didn't actually get to see that part Mm of who he was but then I remember being really interested in like the cast and stuff because um, they obviously had another brown girl in the show. Um, she's been in a few things afterwards as well. She was mm-hmm. in um, Afterlife, the Ricky Gervais show. Oh, yes, um, yes. She had, like, a, a little role there. So I've seen her face around. Um, but, yeah, I didn't even realize that this guy was brown. That's crazy. Until I, like... So that's what I realized. A lot of these, like, the ones that are fairer... Basically, if you're if you're casting it to be Indian, then they should be of a certain skin tone, yeah. and it has to because that fits that profile that they have in their head of what Indian is, and you see this in, not that I mean, and the thing is that I think the point I'm trying to make is we have such a range of skin tones yeah. in India from like very fair to fairly dark, and it, it depends a lot on on the region that you're from and and all of that, genetics, whatever, whatever. But the representation has been narrowed into that, yeah. like, specific. So when someone sees something that isn't that, it's so shocking for them. Yeah. Whereas here, it's like the aspiration, right? It's aspirational to be fairer, and a lot a lot of importance is put on that. Luckily, we're, in a, we're at a point where things are changing. Yeah. Thank God. So basically when we're talking about all of these, I was just trying to think of other characters because I know there are some, but it's just so hard to even think of like brown characters that we, well, we didn't, the thing is when we were kids, like we talked about there, we didn't see much representation of ourselves. It's slowly changing now, like we're seeing, yeah. but the big one, I think when we were kids, which was around the world was Bend It Like Beckham. Yeah, 100%. It was so big for our community. was like one of those movies I think any brown girl is just like yes yeah. but Everyone it's just because it's the only one where okay the girl 
is like doing her thing like okay there's still family pressure but she's like playing football she's not like a nerd yeah she's like a normal girl like yeah this normal british indian girl who's you know wants to play football obviously they've made the family aspect very tough for that and she has to keep it a secret and blah 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 but it was just such a big thing to see a brown girl. a brown girl in a movie like that that was so big and then even the name you know was associated with the biggest football star in the world at the time and like it was a huge moment for i think especially indian girls who were not living in india who were growing up outside of india to see even the slightest bit of representation oh yeah cuz like she didn't have an indian accent yeah. like, well, she was british anyway so she had a english accent which is just like oh good like it's it was not, so major yeah. but the fact that from that point which i think that movie must have come out when we were 10 8 10 probably we couldn't have been older than that um we can check yeah we can check yeah. the the year but it must have been around 8 or 10 years old from there to now where we're 26 and there's still there's not still much. it's not it doesn't feel like there's that much addition and the actress who played her has gone on to do american shows and stuff and is now part of that small group of people that little handful that, that little, little handful bow. her and the one who plays her sister who has oh, yeah. been on the good wife and and stuff like that archie punjabi who's also great um but we just have it's so it's it's been very slow to see that representation and still still feel like there are many holes. It's interesting because a, a way that I ha- I have filled that hole is through my social media. Oh yes. Because I realized um relatively recently, I think it took me longer than I should have to realize how white my Instagram was. <laughs> And I mean to say like everyone that I was following was white. I wasn't really following that many like brown people or or brown pages. It's not even people, it's like pages because my Instagram I mostly follow to like be pages. Fair, like they didn't really ex- I mean, they didn't exist before last year. Yeah, a lot of them popped up last year. I I mean, I went on this whole rampage like kind of ju- that you know, June last year um when the whole BLM movement kind of mm. picked up. Um and like I really wanted to understand you know my my like how i could do my best to like be an ally and all of this stuff um, from the brown perspective but again like i remember reading pages which were all very like white centric mm. and they just weren't resonating with me because i was like i'm not that mm-hmm. you know and i think that is my point where i was like wow okay i really need to understand who i am as a brown person mm. because okay I might not fit into a certain mold of like what everyone expects me to be as a brown person but at the end of the day like most of my lived experience is as a brown girl and it always will be that's just mm. I am I am Indian it's my passport country I may not have lived there but I've grown up in that culture and so I basically went on like a hunt to find resources which were relevant for me as part of the South Asian community or me as a brown person because I think that our lived experience is so different um even relative to the like BLM movement but I think in that search I found a lot of pages that I could actually did connect with and yeah. I'd never like I'd never been allowed to kind of see myself as a brown girl I'm not saying that like I wasn't I had brown friends like I was always making jokes about you know like brown things essentially but I don't know I'd never felt that connected to it mm-hmm. until I found these pages um I mean like shout out to like they're like brown girl magazine they're doing great they're things great. brown girl mag is great um, brown girl gang brown girl memes And then there's Brown Girl Therapy which is great. I yeah. think that's a great resource too. You know, shout out to all these pages because they really have made a difference and honestly it's the first time that I felt like because it was always like brown culture essentially was like it, it, then it was really Indian and I was like I can't really read that doesn't resonate with me so much. Like I can't 
where these pages have really kind of you can see reflections of yourself there are things yeah. you relate to there are things where you're like oh my god it's not just me and oh my god I've experienced that and it just you feel kind of seen in a way that I have never really felt from uh, like TV or movies oh yeah 100%. that is and it's so real because these are real people and these are people's experiences and the fact that we are seeing more of this in social media I'm hoping like um, you know, Brown History is a great oh, I page. Love Brown History. It's, it's such, such a good page. And I'm hoping to see yeah. a lot of that like translated into content because it's so we it's there. It's, it's there. there. It's all there. But it's just about like it's just about taking that step and we are trying to be those people as well of like <laughs> Don't make that face on me. Um, I'll write it with you. Alright, yeah, let's write a TV show or a or a movie or something. Coming to you from Don't Cry Podcast, a movie. One day. One day. Someday. Someday. Someday soon. This this is, you know, you're going to put this in the podcast. It's going to be there forever. We're going to do it. Yeah, that's make true. A movie. We're saying it now. Or a TV show. No. TV show. I don't want to make a movie. I don't like movies. Yeah. I want to make a TV show as well. But following these pages felt like really like I was kind of, like you said, owning a lot of my that brownness that I had not necessarily been able to own before and reclaiming it as we talked about and saying like this is part of who I am and I don't necessarily need to put myself in this pot and just be like or this you know box and just be like this is this is what I find funny and this is what I can understand or what I've experienced it's and it's still a journey, and I think I'm still finding pages once in a while. Oh something will God, pop yeah. up, and it's so fun to actually have that, like... Yeah, like, you know, um, like, even the the ones... Uh, I think there's, like, uh, Brown Girl Therapy or something mm-hmm, like that. Yeah. Um, like, even those experiences that, like, so many brown girls have been through, like, the way that they've had to deal with family issues and the way that... Like, you just don't see that on, in the West as much. I'm not saying that, you know a white girl hasn't been through the same family experiences that I have or they're better or worse or anything. But I'm saying that culturally, that dynamic is so different, you know? And so it's so nice to see that, like, out in the world, like, for people to see. And I really hope that at some level, like, whoever's listening to our podcast is resonating because that's kind of what we want to do. We talked about Brown Girl Magazine and uh, a lot of the topics that we talk about when we're doing research the first hit is always Brown Girl Magazine and it it just feels like really there is a there is something there like it's across the board people are feeling these things so I really do hope that even what we're talking about is resonating with people and it also makes me feel like we're not alone in our experiences and we're not crazy (laughs) we're not we're not alone and it's so together all us brown gals I know and and boys. As you, and boys. Boys are welcome. <laughs> we are reclaiming it like we named our podcast Brown Girls Don't Cry. <laughs> We're not crying about it, but we are trying to figure out the whole process. And it's exciting. It's fun. Yeah. It's good. It's a journey. You're my favorite brown girl. Oh my God, thank you. <laughs> <laughs>